This is a previously recorded episode. Show is broadcasting live from Detroit Sound Studios above Activate Gaming and is part of the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Episode number 32, it is the last day of May, May 31st, 2016. My name is Jeff Moss, joined tonight, my co-host Jasper. Have you decided on a last name yet? Or are you just going I, to- I, just, I just gave up. I'm going with Apollonia. Okay, so thank we, you. So we wasted everybody's time last week. Uh, You're yes. welcome. Jasper Apollonia, and producing as always, uh, Jessica Sarah. I, I never know if I can give her. I mean, the, the, I have two hosts, and I'm not sure if I'm allowed to give the last name. I mean, it's or, out there, so yeah. I'm not in witness protection. Or <laughs> what the person's last name is. The only show, uh, podcast, radio, or otherwise, where from week to week, you don't even know what to call your producer. Our, our brand recognition is through the roof. Yeah, so. yeah exactly. Uh, so uh, on tonight's show, we've got a lot for you. We've got some guests. We're going to have someone on at around 5.30 who once sold food to Rob Parker's hot dog state restaurant. All right, Jeff, Radio what? 101, you can't give away the name. You have to say to a prominent Detroit sports Listen, figure. Our, our, the people who are listening to this show are either listening or they're not. That's There's no in-between. Okay, point like, taken. Point no, taken. Nobody just tuned in at 5.04 and, yeah, and said, said, what's up with this DSR thing? <laughs> yeah. yeah, what's up with this... Podcast. I might listen to it. I might not. Let me let me see how the Doug Karsh teases are. Mm-hmm. If I mm-hmm. want to, so I I can lay all our cards out on the table because we're people are either going to tune in or they're not. So at five around five thirty, we're going to have a guy who used to sell food to Rob Parker, uh, and there's a twist on that story, which I think you might find uh, hilarious. We're also going to play the old commercial for Rob Parker's hot. I don't know if it's the place is even still in business. I don't think it is. I couldn't find it online. If I if I had to guess, based on Rob Parker's track record of success, I would say no. No, and I called the phone number for the place, and mm-hmm. some guy answered the phone and started yelling at me. So I don't. What else we should probably new? get that guy on. Maybe <laughs> that might be better than the segment with the guy who was selling uh, food to Parker that may or may not have been. Uh, fresh. Well, and, and and the guy who is coming on to tell us this story 
said that he could talk for like half an hour on the subject. Yeah, I so don't I'm think... really wondering <laughs> what Rob Parker did in that store. Doubt we're going to dedicate 30 minutes to that segment. I think I think uh, former DSR co-host Justin Spiro might have a brain aneurysm if we did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also on the show coming up, probably in the last segment, we are going to have DSR friend of our uh, friend of the program, Miranda McCoy, who we met through. The David Harns article about her, where she was the subject, uh, we'll get into that, and how she entered the DSR uh, vortex through Drew Sharp's plagiarism scandal. Uh, we've got a lot to talk uh, with Miranda about. Uh, so, you prob- if there's any tease to this show... According to you, you have more to talk yeah. about with her than I do. Yeah, but- we have a lot to talk about with Miranda, so that'll be coming up at 6.30 at some point... Uh, we are going to also try to get my wife on the line because uh, Melissa Mist has a beef with someone in the DSR stratosphere. There's that car tease. There's the tease. There's that car tease. That I'm not going to give away. Mm. My wife, I'm driving home. We spent the uh, weekend visiting my sister's brother and their new baby in Virginia. And we were driving home. That eight-hour, eight-and-a-half-hour drive, horrible ride, and my wife started bitching to me about something DSR-related, and she has a bone to pick with someone. So we're going to try to get her on the line at some point to discuss that. Uh, how was your weekend? Oh, my weekend was was great. I just spent it. Uh, I had a great time in Ann Arbor yesterday hanging with uh, some friends. Uh, yeah, and then what happened? And then I came back home. And what happened? I don't know. Wait, what? Am I forgetting something? Well, let's put it this way: the first week that Jasper was supposed to be the host of the show, oh, he oh, didn't show of up. Course. Yes. Second week he was late. No, the first week I didn't show up. The second week yeah, exactly. I canceled. The oh. third week I showed up late. Oh, okay. and now we're in week number four, where I had to pick you up because you didn't have a car. Like Spiro used to every week tell me. That he was having car troubles. It only took you a few weeks to actually have literal car troubles where he got rear-ended last night, and I had to pick him up in Birmingham. At at least I didn't have to cancel on you because of a funeral engagement. Right. All right. So that's that's the, uh, what do we call that, the uh, friendly banter part of the the, uh, opening of the show. I think we're done with that. Yeah. So So time to to get adversarial. Time to get into the national news that the DSR made. It seems like every few weeks on a Tuesday, the uh, national website Awful Announcing picks up on a story that the Detroit Sports Rag has written about. Uh, I guess it's just a coincidence that they always find these articles that I write. I I don't know if there's any connection there, but uh, probably not. No, none at all. I wouldn't. I wouldn't yeah. think so. So this week, and it's it, just incredible. You know, we started off in this town with Frodo Baggins' condescending album, Mitch album, uh, the Detroit Free Press columnist, well known for Tuesdays with Maury and his morbid novellas, obsessed with death. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he uh, also enjoys handing out dollar bills for Halloween. Yeah, that's a true story. True story. Mm-hmm. Um, started off with him making a comment on the sports reporters a couple months ago regarding the Jameis Winston sexual assault accuser. Uh, 
Florida State had botched the investigation of her rape claims, and they settle out of court. The lady, the uh, the victim, alleged victim with Florida State, and Mitch Album went on the the uh, sports reporters, and basically stated that he would have been more willing to believe her story that Jam- Jameis Winston raped her if she had deno- donated those proceeds to charity. It was a horrific statement that we picked up, uh, actually thanks to a co-worker of Mitch Album at the Free Press, and that went national and viral, and Album was basically roasted. And, and Album never apologized. He basically said, you people are reading this the wrong way, that we were the problem, it was horrid behavior by Mitch Album, but something we've come we've grown accustomed. I, I, I don't know how you could possibly read into that any other way than how he said it. Right. So that was the first shoe that dropped. We figured, okay, Detroit media, sports media, they know that they're being watched. They're ever removed by the Detroit sports rag. Yeah, nothing's gonna. That'll be the end of that. That's a cautionary tale. Like two weeks later, Matt Derry, when he's still at one oh five one, before he started hawking the love and logic parental pyramid scheme uh, that he's now trying to sell and how he's winning at the workplace, even though he's unemployed. The man is unemployed currently, and he is li- he's literally trying to give speeches to offices regarding teamwork in the office place. It's absolutely incredible. That's interesting from a guy who certainly loved backstabbing as many people as he could while he was in this market. Exactly. Is that how you win? That's in how the you win in the workplace. Backstabbing so he, your coworkers. So he a couple weeks after the album thing comes on the radio talking about the Peyton Manning alleged sexual assault, him teabagging the former trainer at the University of Tennessee. Proceeds to make comments that the woman looked a little loose. And went from there. Just absolutely abominable comments from Matt Derry. At that point, this was like in February, I figured, okay, that story went national. Derry looked like an imbecile. He ended up losing his job a few months later or a month later, whatever it was. That's never going to happen again. Until Friday morning, where Detroit Sports 105.1, the morning program, which is hosted by the triumvirate of Sean Belisian, Tom Mazoway, and Mark Fellhauer. Uh, Belisian was on vacation that day. So Dennis Farrell, who hosts a uh, fantasy sports program on 105.1, also, I'm told, is a Ford production line worker making Lincolns, I believe. So they, the three of them were on the show, and we're going to play you a clip that has now gone viral uh, on by Awful announcing they picked up this story. This is part one of Tom Mazaway. It's about two, two minutes and 20 seconds. So take a listen to what Tom Mazaway had to say about the subject of rape and more specifically the Baylor football uh, controversy that has cost Art Bryles his job, the head coach of Baylor. I believe it's cost the uh, – the, the, uh, Ken the Starr. Dean, Ken Starr. That Ken Starr, yes. The Ken Starr who was the investigator of Bill Clinton and Monica Lewis. Lewinsky's DNA, the DNA dress. He's he's been demoted. The AD resigned. It's been a a, a A gigantic. Yes. I mean, and Baylor's a program that had been very low for a very long time. They've recently reached the upper echelon of college football ranks, and it's looking like they're likely going to slide right back down to where they belong. 
So with that backdrop, uh, Mazaway discusses uh, why women shouldn't go back to dorm rooms of football players at two o'clock in the morning with the, the Baylor with the with the Baylor story as the backdrop. You want to say anything before I play the clip? All, all I was going to say was it's it's not even football players. He's talking about any girl right. going back with any guy. Period. Exactly. But it was in the context yes. of this Baylor. That's why a sports station was talking about rape in the first place. Which, by the way, after you listen to this clip, my my message to people in the sports radio business: stay away. Stay away from the topic of sexual at, assault. At least, or at least keep your biggest idiots away from the topic. Okay, let's play the clip, Jessica. Thanks. Buy that or won't believe that. Right. Um, and maybe you don't want to put yourself in that kind of situation. Fine. But you should never be <laughs> expected to be sexually assaulted. All right, but don't, leave the, don't, but don't leave the bar with a person late at night and you drink and you drink and you're going back to a dorm. Don't, don't, don't expect good things to happen. Why not? Mark, no, I'm not going to answer okay, your question. Okay, the flip side of that is don't expect bad things to happen. Why should you? Don't ex- go back to someone's dorm when you're drunk and expect not some, something to not happen. Oh, don't, I don't, don't expect it. Simple, what are they going man. back to? Watch TV? Netflix and chill. Um, maybe they want to play a little Huggy Bear okay. Kissy Face. Whatever. Whatever. I, still I have three daughters, and I would tell them absolutely. the same Tom, thing as I'm saying I, right I, now. I agree with you on that. Okay, bad if you want to stay out of trouble, bad things can happen. Do not do that. But that doesn't mean it's not it right. But if, it. No, but if something bad right. happens to my daughter, if she goes out, I, I won't turn to her and go, well, you should never have gone back to this house. You know, that's her decision. And if she's going back to live her life, to do something we all have probably done once in our life, go out, get drunk, and bring a girl back to your house... You know, I'm not going to point my finger and go, well, that's where you okay, messed up. But I will say this. Back in You're the day. The victim. Back in the day, you didn't hear a lot of this. Now in social media, you hear all of it. Yeah. So don't think that these girls coming- aren't informed and, and, and know what they're talking about prior to doing any of this. But it's coming out of the dark. What's coming out of the dark? The fact that people are sexually assaulted. Females been sexu- They've been sexually assaulted for, for, for I know forever. That's the problem. I'm just saying, don't do, don't leave a bar at two in the morning and go home with someone uh, to a dorm in a perfect world. Sorry, Joanna. Thank you. I know you're looking at me strange and all, but that's that's the way I feel. Don't well, expect, don't expect to play tiddlywinks. Well, wait a second. Okay? Now we've we've got Joanna. Uh, there's jo- no expectation. Joanna, well, I mean, sexually, that's ridiculous, Tom. And, and I'm not trying to put you on the spot here, Joanna, but this is a serious question. From a guy's point of view, we've all been gentlemen and we've all been scumbags at some point. Not to that to that level, but we've all said, you know, we've had a few drinks. Let's let's go out. But Joanna, we we've got a built in party girl here. No, yes. no offense. But what, we've heard stories. You know. Okay, we're back. That's that's the the clip. I don't think we're back. Are we back, Jessica? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, couldn't hear you in the headphones. I can't. Yeah. There's only one woman in the studio right now. I'd like to know what your opinion of what you just heard because that's the first time you've ever heard that. And I'm just guess I want to know what your reaction is. He's a dick bag. Who says that? I can't go out and party and go back to a dorm like most college students live in a dorm. A lot of them do. You or an apartment, wherever it is, or a home. Well, or, yeah, yeah, but you should be able to go somewhere and not get raped. You should be able to go out and drink and not have somebody roofie you or rape you. 
Well, well I, you should stay sober. Like, that's going to stop someone from raping you. Like, you could be drinking an orange soda and they could drop something in it if they wanted to. Like, this guy's retarded. You are dumb. Well, dumb, and, dumb, dumb. And, and I could see the disgust on your face from the second. he's mentally he retarded. Talking. It's it's What's wrong with you. Here's here's a little statistic for people out Not there. Not sure that's the proper nomenclature oh. in 2016, I but okay. Don't care. Wow. <laughs> we know you don't care. Well, okay. here's, the, here's, on, the, here's the fact of the matter. According to the National Institute of Justice, 85 to 90 percent of sexual assaults reported by college women are perpetrated by somebody who knows them, who they know. That mm. means a friend. That means somebody they have a class with, people who they trust. So to say that you're, – you're, what Mazaway is essentially saying is that women should not get to know any men. They should never go out. They should never make any friends. They should not get drunk. It, it's it's such well, let, a backwards, asinine take. I, you know, I, let me tell you what the worst part of it is, okay? Because we haven't even discussed this. On, I, even in my article, I didn't write what the worst part of all of this was, and I don't, an awful announcing didn't touch on it. But when 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 Mazaway goes into this line, and I'm going to quote him: "Don't think that these girls aren't informed and know what they are talking about a prior to doing any of this." What he's talking about in that comment right there is, that they're is lying. back back when Mazaway was a kid, or back in 25 years ago. Date rape wasn't talked about, or 30 years ago. When I was growing up, this I don't remember this being a huge issue. It's really changed in the last 5 to 10 years. So what Mazaway is, is, is really saying in all of this is there, women had an excuse 25 or 30 years ago to be date raped. But in 2016, with all of the attention that the President of the United States is giving to this issue, uh, to college campuses, to media. They should know better. That that what he's saying, I don't know if you thought about this, no. but what he is saying is that in 2016, the woman has no excuse for not knowing that they might be date raped. So having fun, having a few drinks, going to the bar, and going back to the guy's room, at that point, he's basically saying, you should know, if you're going to get raped at that point, you should have known better. Oh, of course. Because, well, because that's what men do. Oh, it's the women's responsibility to not get raped, right, Jeff? Well, oh, no, it's, you know, it's, it's the woman's responsibility to not get raped, not a man's responsibility to, you know, not rape. And like Awful Announcing said, and what I said in my article was, you have to literally listen to this whole clip, the really the whole conversation, to understand just how awful... The thinking pro, and this wasn't. This is not something obviously that just popped up. This has been in the guy's mind for a. Well, and, it's, it, and it's, let me separate one thing before. Uh, and then you, I'll let you have the have the, have no, the no, discussion. No, no. All you. If you've got three daughters, hell, if you've got a niece, whatever it is, if you want to tell, if I want to tell Jessica, hey Jessica, men are awful. They are they are carnal. It's probably not a good idea. To get super drunk around them um, and then go home with them. If you want to say that before the fact and say that, it's not much different than telling someone, like I said in my article, don't put uh, you know your purse in a bad neighborhood on your front seat. Don't leave your car, your, your house open, un- unlocked. If you want to say it before the fact, saying this would be a, this, these are good ideas to stay away from crime, I guess that's one thing. But after the crime has occurred, to say, well, you should have known better, 
It's basically saying, oh, it's your fault. You should have known not to go drink and exactly. end up around a guy because inevitably all guys are going to rape you, bottom line. That's <laughs> ridiculous. And it's your fault because you put yourself in that situation. Well, no, it's not. And this goes not back at to all. the... This goes These back things to the, shouldn't happen. Well, wait. This the, goes I'm, back to I'm, the early 90s. I mean, this, huh? this defense. <sighs> when Mike... Basically, Mike Tyson's defense was of the Desiree when he got accused of rape in Indiana, Indianapolis, when he was, I think, judging a beauty contest, and Desiree Washington was the uh, woman who accused him of rape. Basically, what men said at that point, and this is going back, like I said, 25 years, well, she went back to a hotel room with Mike Tyson. She should have known, she should have known what was coming to her. Because, okay, everybody should have known that Mike Tyson was a monster, and that Consent was going to be thrown out the window. And that argument kind of flew a little at that time. But now we're in 2016 where that shit doesn't work. And this guy is still stuck. Not only is he stuck in the past, but he's saying because of the knowledge of date rape, women, if they do get date raped, they should have known better because they shouldn't have put themselves in that position. Yeah, It's crazy. Now, I want to talk to you because you just graduated college, Mm -hmm. Syracuse University. And, and somehow I never raped anyone. Wow, wasn't that well, crazy? You, yeah, but that's unfair. Well, no, you had even a model though, girlfriend the well, whole time. Well, no, but I was alone in the same room as, like, women. Uh, like, another drunk woman. Drunk women? Yeah, drunk women. And I never raped them once. Now, what do they basically tell you when it comes to date rape? Not even one rape. That's pretty Not cool. even one. Are you looking for are you looking for a cookie or a sticker <laughs> for not raping anyone? I sh- the, the funny thing about this was then they had the woman who Joanna who's on the show. Oh poor I mean they had her, her come on and I'm not going to play that audio cuz it's like 4 minutes. But she comes on and says to argue with Tom Mazaway that in 8 out of 10 situations she says or maybe 9 if you go home drunk with a guy at 2 a.m. you don't get raped. Well, I'm, I'm hoping it's like <laughs> it's like nine hundred ninety nine thousand out of a nine 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 out of a million, not eight out of ten or nine out of ten. But what do they tell you when but, you're in college about Jeff, about consent? Well, here's the thing, though, Jeff. It that's not the case, and and what Tom is saying is women should know better. But like I just said, eighty five to ninety percent of college rapes are perpetrated by a person. Who the victim right, but what do they tell knows. you? What do they tell who, you? Wait, who the victim knows, which means that there's really no possible way a woman could prepare to be raped. Why would you think? I, I, I mean, Christ, Jeff is driving me home after this. If in the car he starts p- taking off my pants, <laughs> I'm not expecting that. But according to Tom Mazaway, I should know because I got in the same car as him. And, well, look at this. I've got some Jack Daniels in my cup right now. I'm a, I'm a little bit tipsy. I, I, I'm asking for it, you according really to are. Tom Mazaway. You really are. I mean, look at the shirt I'm wearing. My goodness. Okay. You people can't see what, it on the radio. The plaid. No, what they tell what, you about consent. You, Here's what, how consent okay. works. What, what is consent now these days? Yes. And they teach you this. Right? Yes means yes. That's it. Yeah, okay, but it, let's say a girl has three or four drinks. Yeah. Okay, and you go home Don't with touch her. her. Right. Don't get near, see, don't, that, don't that even get near her. That, when we... I, I, I know I'm not going to put an age on you. I'm older than you probably by a significant amount of time. But when we were growing up, yeah. that wasn't the rule. Like, if you had three or four drinks... People are still you, hooking up. And you said yes. Yeah. That was consent. 
Yeah. That isn't the case anymore. Well, it's that is really, no, it still happens, but it, but yeah. it does happen, it does. It, but it you're does. putting yourself at risk. Yes. As, well, as a man and as a woman, I, regardless, I think you're putting yourself at risk. But the fact of the matter is I you there's a difference between hooking up with someone while you're drunk and going back to somebody's dorm room while you're drunk because one of them actually is a sexual act. The other one is not. Well, first of all, Mazaway acts like that there's nothing that a man and a woman that are 19 or 20 years old can do. How, I, I've, I've gone out to drinks. This, yeah, I've you gone could out to go drinks. home and watch Netflix. I've gone, on, I've gone out to drinks one-on-one with girls dozens of times when I was in college as friends. And then guess what? We would go back to their place or my place and we'd maybe watch some TV or something. No, we not were, a, not a little Maz- bit drunk. Not a Maz- and guess what? And we never did anything not else. A, not in Mazaway's no, world. No, if you well, go back after drinking at 2 o'clock in the morning, the only thing you can, you can do is fuck. Oh, That's well. it. I mean, even if the girl wants to fool around a little but not have intercourse, well, you – nope. You can't You can't stop it at it, that point. It's, there's, it's, there's, it's, it, it's an indefensible take. Yeah. And, well, and even worse. his own co-hosts we're are get trying to next. stop him. Okay, we're going to get into that next. Okay, so now after this, Jessica, after this comment. Right. The, the, the fill-in guest host, Dennis Farrell, and Mark Fellower try to basically steer the conversation in a completely different di- different direction. Do you wonder why? Because they don't want Mazaway to go back to this line of thinking, which is absolutely offensive to anyone with a brain. So for about four minutes, they talk about any everything about Baylor, what should happen to Baylor. Uh, they talk to Je- – to, um, uh, Joanna, regarding her, you know, her history when she was in school, they try to do everything possible to get Mazaway off of this line of thinking for four minutes, and then out of nowhere, clip two occurs. I gotta find it in this this whole pack of information. All I'm saying is, don't put yourself in these situations, Tom. Easier said than done. Why? Why do you have an expectation to be because you go out and drink? I'm or, not condoning what's happening I with these people. Not. I think they should be in bar, on behind bars. But what is? There's nothing. They get away with it. There's, but I can't leave my daughter illegal. locked up for life. She has to still live life. There's nothing illegal about going out and drinking and going back to someone's house. I know there's nothing illegal, Mark. I'm just saying if you stay away from it, stay away from those situations. If you okay, if you want to live in a bubble your whole life, it, it's a dark day in hell Jesus when Mark Fellhauer is the voice of reason. And, and that's what I want to say. Fellhauer was great. He was trying to. He was basically trying to throw himself in front of a bullet with Mazaway. He he was very good on this topic as and Farrell was pretty good too, but I wanted to I wanted to bring that up because it's interesting because when Fellhauer was on with Drew Lane, this was not the same Mark Fellhauer. This is a guy who went along for the ride with Drew Lane when they talked about Jameis Winston and his rape accuser, the slut drops. They were making they were playing slut drops mm-hmm. and making jokes about this woman's sexual proclivity. That was the same Mark Fellhauer on the Drew Lane show. Now, without Drew Lane there, he is throwing, trying to throw up every single stop sign, red light, uh, railroad crossing signal that he can to, to Mazaway, to, which makes me believe that when he was going along with Drew Lane's garbage, when, he, when Drew Lane and Mark were on in the afternoon... That Fellhauer knew it was wrong. And he went along with it anyway. 
A, because he thought he couldn't stand up to uh, Drew, who was the main, you know, the Drew Lane show. The whole station was built around Drew. Or B, he grew up listening to Drew and he idolized him so much that he couldn't stick up and fight him. But now, without Drew in the picture, he's the voice of reason. Well, there's there's another logical option, and that would be that A, well, there's two other logical options. A, he just changed his course of thinking over the last couple of years. And no, that's, that's not it, but that's, okay. That's unlikely. And another unlikely but also possible thing is that he truly is the same guy who, who played the slut drops, and he is okay with that. But even he, somebody who would play a slut drop during while talking about Jameis Winston's accuser, even he realized that what Tom Massaway was doing was absolutely so indefensible. There was absolutely no reason for it. There was no comedy value to it. There was no entertainment value whatsoever to it. It was simply offensive, and so offensive that a national outlet like Awful Announcing picked it up within a couple days because there's just... It is the definition of the website. It's awful. It's awful. It's an awful it's, idea. It's, it's awful, awful announcing. And, and for then, for Mazaway to unprovoked, after his, after the other guys in the studio have tried to stop him from continuing on this line of they thinking. They basically did everything but take his mic for away. Him, for him to then unprovoked bring it back to that is, you know what it is? It's indicative of that entire station. It's indicative of people who just don't get it. They don't get it. And and they keep making the same mistakes over and over and over again. I think it boils down to this, okay? Whether Madsway's talking about the, the Tigers last July saying that they shouldn't be uh, sellers at the deadline or when the Lions are 1-7 and seven and he's saying that they're still going to make the playoffs or whatever his takes are, he's just a dumb guy. He's an idiot. And... It, it it just manifests itself even more, and it amplifies itself when he's talking about a subject as sensitive as this. Now, we're going to play one more clip regarding Mazaway because after he took all of this heat, right, all weekend, me saying, me going after him, I write an article about this situation. He took some heat on Twitter as well and, and, and right. actually fired back. Right. Someone tweeted to him. Instead of apologizing. He like, down. Like, uh, yeah. like He fired back. Like, oh, yeah. Actually tried to defend tried yes. his ridiculous yeah. thought process, yes. right. which makes he, literally he, no sense. He doubled down on it. It's it's like, uh, so what are you keep, thinking? Right. So keep in mind, head. all of that occurred. The articles posted yesterday morning as I worked on Memorial Day, and they didn't, which we'll talk about maybe coming up after the break. After all of that, today he said this, and this is the uh, Berman clip. Isn't it? But, but he's off NFL, the draft, and the Monday night show, and countdown. He's off. This is last year. Wow. That's a fact. They're wow. pushing him out. They don't have money to pay anybody anymore. He's not a woman. What? Oh, jeez. He's <laughs> not a woman. Two four eight five four. You can just hear Fellhauer once again. This is a guy who worked with Drew Lane, who is a complete Neanderthal. And I want to go on the Drew Lane podcast, and I've offered my services. I want to be a guest on that show, and I'd like to. Talk, I'm sure he's champing at well, the bit, <laughs> and I'd like to talk about his history with that. This guy worked with Drew Lane, 
a complete I, – I, I mean, I, the man never evolved one iota. And Tom Mazzaway is shocking him. What? What? Can you explain to me Chris Berman being quote unquote forced out by ESPN? Nothing. It has nothing. It has nothing to because do he's with not what a woman. About what, yeah, what does that even? What did he even what? mean by that? Honestly, can someone break that down for me? No, I have no, no. idea. No. Oh, we right, can't. because you're not retarded Neanderthals. Well, let's, let's, well, that's no, so well, ridiculous. And, 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 and it's again just like the first thing, just like his his. Neanderthalic views on rape and on a woman's responsibility on her own rape, which is like difficult even to just get out of my mouth because it's so stupid and dunce. Uh, this is just as inexplicable, if not more so, because if you look at ESPN, while it is true that they're hemorrhaging talent because they can't afford to. Uh, keep paying these guys these bloated contracts. Uh, at the same time, look at their programming. Find me who's the uh, woman. Find me. Find let me, me know who find the woman, me a woman is. Find me a woman who is the head of her own show, who is getting lots of airtime on ESPN, who is getting lots of advertising, who is getting paid a lot of money. It makes Doesn't no exist. sense. It, it makes no sense. There isn't one. It, 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 it's all like, of the, all of it's the like top- some Don, Donald Trump make believe. Uh, really? Look, threat. Honestly, That's all it is. Let's really think about it. Like, who is the biggest personality, female wise? Linda Cohn. I, I would say maybe Michelle Beadle. You can make an argument for either one, one. of the two, and but neither of them is making a ton of money. I would venture to guess neither one of them is in the top eight paid employees of ESPN. Cohn might maybe be. Cohn because okay. she's a sports. But, but let's break this down. They've lost Bill Simmons. They lost Skip Bayless. They lost. Um, Colin Cowherd. Yeah. But remember all those dames they've, they've been they, bringing they, in they, to replace them? Colin Cow. Oh, excuse me. Keith Oberman. We can go down the list of the men that they've let leave. And the reason they let them leave is because they are terrified that Congress is going to change the laws about cable. Yes. Where it's going to become a you menu. get to pick and choose your own essentially what could happen a la carte. is yeah a la carte, a la carte which means that you get to pick and choose which channels you subscribe to now ESPN is by far the most expensive channel on cable at over $3.50 I believe at this point um while more so so they're afraid that 77 year old grandmothers of, yes. are going to say I don't want ESPN while, while, I, while I want e- Fox News and they're going to lose all that revenue and they've got to pay all the rights for the NBA M- MLB they're paying they're paying the NFL 2 billion dollars 2 billion dollars right. to broadcast to just answer, Monday night football to answer Jessica's question it has literally zero to do with women but and this you, can, is, you can see that even in our discussion. We're not even talking about women anymore. It has nothing, nothing. to do with but that's, women. That's Tom Mazzaway's mindset, obviously. Going from the rape discussion, going to this. The first thing he... Chris Berman, who is universally almost despised by all the millennials. Everyone in your age group can't stand him. People my age are like begging for him. 95% of the people, Jessica, want this guy to leave. The guy's been washed up since before I was born. I know plenty of chauvinistic douchebags, and even them, they wouldn't even say something that incredibly offensive and ridiculous. Go go online when he's he's hosting 
uh, the U.S. Open coverage, or when he's doing the first game of Monday Night Football when there's two game when there's two games and there's a late game. Good, yeah, okay. This, Shut up. This guy has been panned. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, people don't like him. Gee, I wonder why he sounds like such a sweetheart. Come on. Well. And that's that just shows his mindset. Just absolute, just an absolute. There, joke. There, there, it's indefensible. I, I, I don't right. even know how much more we can say on this because it's like it's so clearly our, our producer. Our producer Justin Spiro is telling us to go on. We have to move on. Oh, of course. So of course. If, if Spiro says it, we're gonna well. If, if we need Ju- to take a break, Justin gets what Justin wants. All right, we're gonna come back. We're gonna talk to. I don't know if he wants his name out there. I can't even. I'm not sure I can give his name. Once again, can't give last names. Don't know what your name is. Don't even know if I can name this guy. Uh, but uh, he's going to talk for a couple minutes about Rob Parker, and then we'll get into some other topics. Uh, maybe m- maybe uh, Detroit Sports 105.1, a up, quick update on that. Maybe we'll try to call my wife. We'll be back after this break. This is a previously recorded episode. All right, we're back on the DSR podcast, May 31st, 2016. I am joined by my co-host Jasper Apollonia, produced as always by Jessica Sarah Rangel. Sorry, Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> don't care. Uh, okay, so I don't know. A, a while back, our next guest uh, sent me a Facebook message telling me that he used to sell food to Rob Parker uh, that Rob Parker would use at his all-star hot dogs. He totally district attorneyed us with that information, by the way. We did not learn about that until way too like far down the road. Yeah, yeah well, yeah, look, who, who knows when he found out the DSR. But uh, he he might have pulled a Peter Arvan. I'm not sure. But anyway, so Rob Parker, who we all know, used to be on uh, WDFN. Uh, he rode for the Detroit News until he got fired for making a joke about uh, the, the Lions coach Marinelli's Son-in-law Joe Barry used to work for ESPN. <laughs> used to work for ESPN until he made a comment about RJ three being a corn, corn. What was it? Cornbread. Corn, 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 all right. For, first off, RG three. RG three. What did I say? You said in RJ three. I did and, not. And he called him. Yes, you did. And he called him a cornball yeah, brother. Thank you. Because apparently Robert Robert Griffin the uh, third was not acting black enough because he Rob votes Parker's for Republicans. Liking. Right. Yes. Okay. So, and then Rob Parker came crawling back to Detroit where uh, I guess he was on Channel 4 for a while on Sundays. I believe he's on Channel 20 now. I, I, I think they threw him a bone mm-hmm. and he's on Channel 20. But that that's the Rob Parker we're talking about, as everyone knows, a big uh, fan of the DSR. But he owned a hot dog restaurant for a time. I think it's now out of business or – who knows what happened? To I it. wonder. I for one wonder how Rob Parker failed at anything. Yeah. Uh, he's been such a success at everything he's done. We're going to play the commercial before we talk to our guests. This was the commercial, and hopefully you can hear it for All Star Dogs. This was Rob Parker's commercial for his hot dog stand. Come on, Detroit! Stop eating those phony conies. What's in those anyway? Come on down to my new hot dog joint, All-Star Dogs, for the best 100% beef hot dogs in the city. Come on, Detroit. God, you got you got to love how a professional broadcaster has no idea how to voice an audio track. That's fantastic. Okay, I'm not sure if we're allowed to say your name, guest, mystery guest, or if you have to be anonymous for this. Are we allowed to say your name? Sir? Bueller? 
Hello. Jessica. Oh, it, it, boy. It's, it's, no, it's good. It's Can you hear fine. me? What a disaster. Oh, Justin no. Justin oh, is going to Justin's oh, no. going to get our goose for this one. Time to how about mute Justin, I think. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, you want to try to go call him back real yeah, quick? Yeah, I mean he's on the line, so I don't I, I, don't I could really... hear him in my headphones I just can, a second I know. ago. So I, I don't know what happened. That's, that's there. the problem with live programming. I guess Dave can edit this out and post, but uh, Yeah. Sorry about that guys. Yeah. Really wasn't my fault this time. Oh well. Sure, Theo. <laughs> Hey there. Yeah, can you hear us now? <laughs> yeah, I, I could. I could hear you guys fine, but I guess you, you guys right, couldn't yeah. hear me. Well, all good. Can Can we share Jessica. your name? Can we, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, okay. go ahead, Joe. Joe. So, Joe. Yeah. Now you Now you used to work at a what a restaurant supply vendor. Yeah, it was, uh, I worked for Restaurant Depot in Dearborn. Okay, so uh, so everything's know, like on the, the table. Home Depot of restaurants. Okay, and what what did they do there? You you owe us one hundred and fifty dollars for the <laughs> plug, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I worked. I ran the uh, I ran the meat department. And that's what I did for two years. It was actually about a year and a half. Okay, so Rob Parker was a customer uh, at this place that you worked at, and he would come in frequently. Yeah, I'd say Rob. Yeah, he, Rob came in twice a week. You know, he came in on Monday and. Uh, Sometimes Friday, you know he's a pretty busy guy. So and, and what type of actually, what type of stuff was he buying from you guys? He, uh, you know, I was assuming it was just stuff for his hot dog stand or whatever that was. You know, it was mostly hot dogs and chicken wings. That's what you he know, was ninety percent of the time. Okay, so you contacted me a while ago and you said there was something interesting about Rob Parker's purchases for his restaurant. Now the reason this became. <laughs> Uh, in, in my mind, a, a topic for the DSR was you know, when I'm driving home yesterday from uh, Virginia, my wife was reading her Facebook page, and she saw some message that was shared that went viral regarding a grocery store in Sterling Heights that was selling expired food and <laughs> making her baby sick. It's This woman named Lena Toma, and she goes on about a, about a thousand word uh, post about this store where <laughs> I- I'll read a quick, uh, just quick to you. To all moms who shop at <laughs> Dream Market in Sterling Heights, regardless whether it's baby food or groceries, I bought these for my four- daughter four days ago. I get these all the time from Walmart and other places. First time here from here that day. So lately, my daughter's poop has been really green and a bunch of black stream-like <laughs> form. Looks like a bunch of worms, maybe over 50 of them in her poop, and very gassy. Oh. And then she goes on to say that she noticed that like, the expiration Talk, Talking dates. poop on the DSR <laughs> right. podcast. Right. I'm glad to be here. Right. And how, the expir- how this was sta- – like expiration dates – were past posts and things like that. So why don't you tell us the story about you, your experience with Rob Parker personally uh, with his all-star hot dogs? Yeah, you know, Rob would come in, and uh, he would pretty much walk right He'd walk right to the hot dog section every, every time he came in, and uh, he would rifle through. You know, because when you're, when, you're, when you're working meat, you know, and perishables, everything is uh, everything's dated, you know, to... The older stuff is toward the back, you know, and the newer stuff is in the front. And he would just, he would rifle through all of our new shit, pretty much anything new that we had that was uh, that was in front of, you know, anything old. He would just throw out of the way. He'd go right for the nearly expired hot dogs almost every Aww. time. And uh, it was be- funny because 
you know, he would go, not many people would give him discounts for, uh, for nearly expired meat because, you know, we're not really supposed to, but they made an exception for him because believe it or not, he was like a celebrity there. Everybody knew who he was. You know, it's like, it was pretty crazy when he walked in, everybody just wanted to talk to him, hang out with him. I don't know why. So you're, so you're telling us that he basically had the VIP treatment he, every, yeah, he, he really did. This is this is Definitely. the worst usage of celebrity since James Franco tried to hook up with a seventeen-year-old. Huh? You know, just you know, who would who, who would do that at a grocery store? You know, who would use that? His, you know, he, so even wait, if he's not on, really let, me, let me stop you for even one if second. he was important. So every know? so he knew everyone there knew who he was because they were treating him like a celebrity because he used to be on ESPN. And he was yeah. on WDIB. So he knew everybody there, knew who he was. And he'd that walk still, around, he'd know it. And that yeah. still did not stop him from going right <laughs> to the nearly expired meat products that he was going to then take and serve to the public. And he would use his celebrity status to get discounts. Because like I said, rarely did we give discounts. We sold for, you know, as is. Right, you you're know, already, you're already a warehouse, right? What was that? You're already a warehouse, and you're selling at discounted rates for... Yeah, under. exactly, exactly. So he's getting it in bulk cheap as it is. Now, so I don't know, maybe and now, you know, tr- he's having problems selling at the hot dog stand, I'm assuming, because he, he, he was getting shit 70% marked off, you now, know, just because of his celebrity status. So when you say these, these products were almost expired... What are we talking about? Are we talking about, like, you know, two weeks? Are we talking about a week? Are we talking about a day? Uh, how, you know, usually, how rancid was this meat? <laughs> we, I, you know, part of the, the main reason why I left is because of the horror stories at this place. It was reprehensible what we used to do. You know, I, I called the FDA and my own boss a handful of times. So, you know, that pretty much tells you all you need to know. It would be... Anything from like two days, one day to maybe a week before. So wait, 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 wait. All right, maybe maybe we'll waive that advertising. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> so he would buy something you know, that was a day or two away from being not a, well, able to uh, sell. See what it is. Once you you know when you're dealing with perishables, once you get around that week or a couple days before it expires, they put it in the freezer, and uh, you know they you know they put it in the freezer. At night, and then, you know, when we're closed, and then they bring it on the floor during the daytime, and they sell it. And uh, I guess that's how they think that, you know, you, you may be able to keep meat a tad bit fresher if you keep it in the freezer, you know, for a few hours a day. Did and part- he would go. Yeah. Because we, we, had, we, had we had a section in our warehouse where, you know, it was pretty much freezer burned and, uh, you know, <laughs> green meat that was oh dirt cheap. And Parker you know. would buy this stuff? You know, he he rifled through it a, a couple times. I, you know, I can't 100% confirm that, you know, he bought every single time he went in there what exactly he bought when he was in that section. But he was in the section, put it that way. You know, and uh, so, so most at the, of the time when he... Go ahead. At the very least, what he was buying was borderline inedible. <laughs> it was borderline where, you know, we would have to give it away, you know, 90% off or just throw it away. So, you know. at some point, did this restaurant? I think it's out of business, right? He's go, it's no longer, it's no longer in existence. Yeah, you know, I think I think he went out of business like three years ago. Because I, I know a guy that still works at Restaurant Depot, and Rob doesn't really go under very much anymore. 
Very rarely, no. Maybe just goes so. in there to buy his own meats that are hours <laughs> yeah. away from <laughs> yeah, salmonella you know poisoning. <laughs> well, I remember, I remember that you know I messaged you a while back and I told you that I was going to try to get audio. And, uh, oh, that's right. That's right. You were, we were going to run. We were going to write. A, we were going to do the wire. I was going to have Lester Freeman <laughs> and McNulty out at this restaurant depot waiting for Rob Parker to come in with a burner phone. That would have uh, been the wor- that would have been like the worst. Well, episode the guy, of Cops I paid. Ever. I paid my friend a hundred dollars, and I told him, "Look, the next time Rob walks in there, I need you to get audio or whatever. Just, you know, I don't care what he says." You Season know, six like, of The Wire, like Rob said, Parker, he... buying inedible meat. <laughs> Why did that get the... it, it, it didn't happen because he very rarely goes in there now, maybe once a month. That's what I heard. Oh. So, Probably buying but, for uh, now. He was such a jerk, though. I mean, we had a lot of bad customers there, and he was right on the top of the list. The guy was terrible, man. What, what kind terrible. of behavior was made him so terrible? He was just kind of like he is on TV, or was on TV when he was on TV. Uh, just loud, obnoxious, you know, just kind of get out of my way type deal. Uh, you, I worked in a cold section. I was in a refrigerator and he didn't like being cold. You know, it was really quick when he walked in, you needed to be on your game with him. He, he didn't like waiting around. Well, so he's Rob you know. Parker. Well, we appreciate yeah. Joe. You telling these stories, uh, very entertaining. I, I've known we, I wanted to have this on for a, a long time, and then I, we were supposed to have you on a couple weeks ago, and I completely forgot. But then when my wife was reading to me that uh, article or that Facebook post about the Sterling Heights market, it's like, oh, this is a great time now to have <laughs> Joe on and talk about Rob Parker, uh, which, which is great because I don't know if you heard the uh, the commercial beforehand where he was bragging about <laughs> the type of meat that he sold and how these weren't phony conies. <laughs> no, it was broken up. I'll have to YouTube it. Yeah, you got you, you to YouTube it. But he was like bragging how his conies weren't phony, how he only had the best meat. And now uh, we know the uh, rest of the story, as Paul Harvey used to say. Well, you know what? I can say this. He probably has some of the worst meat that, that you can buy in Metro Detroit area. Because I worked at the place. I know. You know. All right. But, you, heard, you heard it here but, first, folks. Do <laughs> not ever go to a backyard barbecue at Rob Parker's house. <laughs> what is with... The African American Detroit okay, sports okay, media, Tom Mazaway. No, Detroit sports media <laughs> personalities obsession with going into the restaurant business. That's but like you know the funny. It's the funniest now. part. You know, you know what he did that really you might find the funniest part of the whole story is he used to walk into place with handfuls of first take t shirts and give them away, and uh, just. Hoping to get discounts. He wait, gave them away to employees. He wait, had the end first take t-shirts. <laughs> you know, like, you can't make this stuff up. So he was know? bartering first take t-shirts for stale meat. That's the yeah. headline here. I, I think, I'd, yeah. I think. you know what? I think I'd rather have the salmonella than the first take shirt personally. Yeah. But. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Joe, yeah. for joining us and uh, illuminating us on this subject. If Rob Parker ever opens up another hot dog stand... Um, don't uh, go. Don't go. And, don't uh, go. <laughs> uh, next week's show, we're going to have someone at his uh, barber shop who says that they don't put the uh, scissors in the proper amount of alcohol. So stay tuned for that expose. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Joe. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, absolutely, man. Thanks for the vine. Big fan. No you problem. Know, if, any, anything to help. And if, if you find out about anyone else selling bad meat or any bad meats whatsoever, <laughs> please please just call the hotline. Thanks a lot for joining us. I definitely us. will. All right, yep, we're going to take a, a we're going to take a break. Uh maybe we'll try to get my wife on the line. She's got a beef. 
speaking of keeping the meat segue going. Um, and then it's uh, 6.30. We're going to talk to Miranda McCoy. Uh, we learned about her from the Drew Sharp scandal, and she's become a big DSR contributor. So we're going to take a quick break. I, I promise you, Justin Spiro will hate this segment. I'm sure he's hated the whole entire pro. I, I'm sure he didn't like the Rob Parker meat segment. Segment. It is what it is. This is a previously recorded episode. All right, we're back on the DSR podcast. Episode, I think, 32. I have no idea. Tracy Dose, bro. Yeah. That's uh, not how you say 32 in Spanish. But oh, sorry. I probably should know I took six years. But anyway. Uh, so the DSR podcast, as always, talking about DSR-related topics. In the first hour, we discussed Tom Mazaway and Rob Parker's hot dog business. Uh, I guess we'll, I guess we should talk about some sports and not I mean, the things that sports talk radio are talking about today are Gorillas. whether or not the gorilla should have been murdered, and to value, do you value the gorilla's life or the dumb? Uh, offspring, the three-year-old offspring of of idiot parents. Who yeah, do, okay, who do you yeah, kill? you can't you can't blame the kid. I Sophie's mean. choice. Who do you shoot? Um, they're, they're talking about <laughs> wait, that. Wait, I don't think that's how it works. I don't think the choice was between the gorilla and the kid. <laughs> they should, they should have shot the kid. Nobody's taking that. There's no hot take on that. Think shoot about the it. Kid. Think about it. Think about it. Gorillas endangered. Kids all over the place. You make the choice. Do you know how many kids there are out there? That's what I'm saying. That's a Do you good know how point. many gorillas there are? Very few. This was an endangered one. I, I think they should have shot the kid. <laughs> that would have been great. You guys just aren't that's right. That's such a okay. South Park episode. I would have, that's a, you need to email Trey and Matt right now and say, do an episode where you shoot the kid. Where they shoot the kid. You're not hearing that on Valenti and Foster or That's Mike true. Francesca That's true. show. Even even while they talk about, we, we are t- hitting on the gorilla story, but we're bringing a fresh new take. Kill the kid, spare the gorilla. Okay. Then we had the issue where Spiro brought up that, I didn't hear this, obviously, but uh, a topic on Valenti and Foster right now is, are you afraid of alligators? Oh, wow. It's always a great idea to start a uh, discussion-based segment. With a yes or no question. Can I ask you a question? No. Is, is there anyone that's not afraid of alligators? Like, are, are, I mean, other than Steve Irwin, I guess, and maybe Bindi, <laughs> I, I don't know people who aren't afraid of alligators. It's like, it's like saying, are you afraid of a plane crash? Hard hitting Are stuff. you afraid of your elevator dropping <laughs> 75 floors to your death? Yes. <laughs> yes. Are you afraid of waking up in the middle of the night with an intruder with a knife to your throat. Yes. Are you afraid of alligators? Yes. Okay, what's the next topic, geniuses? Uh, but let's, let's talk a little about sports. I mean, think of all the... No, but really, let's think about all the hot takes people could come up with with that alligator segment. Well, I'm sure Terry Foster's None. talking... There's nothing. ...mentioning that he's got some alligator shoes from the Broadway or something of the sort. But... Uh, Okay, so let's talk about some sports. Last night, Game 7 of the Western Conference Finals. Where's Lindsey Hunter at? Yeah. <laughs> National, and we're not. it's going to be a local topic that we're going to weave our way into that. At the Warriors coming back from a 3-1 deficit. Uh, I think you were the only person I know who was claiming that the Warriors weren't Not done. true, not true. I Justin, think you were the only guy. Justin. Who? Justin. Not familiar uh, yeah. with that name. Former. Pretty sure you were the only one that I know <laughs> saying that the Warriors weren't dead. Um, by the way, can I say something? Speaking of dead. 
I don't believe in the death penalty, except for people who say call the Warriors the Dubs. I hate that. Don't don't call them. What? What does that even mean? It's a W. I understand the Dubs. dubs. It's horrible. Yeah. Please, if you ever mention call them the Dubs on this show, I'm going to throw you a Diet Coke can at you. All right, it's horrible. Don't do it. But okay, so the Warriors win Game Seven yesterday. Uh, Cavs. Warriors final coming up. But the local uh, topic that's connected to that series is local Detroit News columnist 97.1 talk show host uh, when the Tigers and the Red Wings start at 7 for, I don't know, he's on for about 15-20 minutes with Jamie Samuelson. Bob Wojnowski. Guy used to be on WDFN had the number one sports talk radio show in town for many years until until he insisted on mailing it in for about five years, doing What's Your Beef? Uh, it was it every Tuesday, I think it was, just keeping the show stagnant for years until the program was overtaken by Valente and Foster. We make the joke on here, as I mentioned on Ryan Schuling's show this afternoon, that the man retired in 2004 and just nobody told him. You want to take it from here about his Kevin Durant well, what, nonsense? What, what's there to take from it? Uh, basically, uh, and by the way, I do like Wojo. I've met him a couple times. He was really nice to me. I, I don't have anything bad to say about the guy personally, but I have plenty to say about his take, which was essentially that Kevin Durant was... Not a superstar. Not a superstar. Now, keep in mind, this is the same Kevin Durant that scored 27 points on 19 shots last night. Uh, You know. Uh, And then Wojo proceeded to bury him afterwards saying, Durant, see what I told you? (laughs) Yes. Wow, really? You, you, You got him there. He was only the best player on his team the entire game. This is what... it's So, this is what happened. During the regular season... Kevin Durant was going from city to city, and you know he's an, he's a pending unrestricted free agent this summer. And the local media in whatever town he was in would say, "Oh yeah, what do you think about Boston? Oh, I love Boston, love the Celtics here, blah blah blah." He'd go to Miami, love South Beach, love this area. Sure, go to Los Angeles. Oh, great Hollywood, get them to shut up. Right, that's what he it's was about. Give, he, every city he went to, he basically was giving that fan base false hope by not saying anything negative just because he's a nice guy, I guess. The one town that he destroyed was Detroit. And if you want any evidence of why Kevin Durant would never play in this town, go to Reggie Jackson's Twitter feed last night around 11.30 p.m. When he tweeted out a single emoji. It was a a sly face emoji. The the sly face. Right after his former team... The Oklahoma City Thunder blew were, a were eliminated lead. from the playoffs. Blew a 3-1 lead. Right, blew a 3-1 lead. Reggie Jackson posts kind of like a winking eye or some slot, whatever it was. Sure. There's, and there's clearly been bad blood. Reggie Jackson earlier in the season, uh, when the Pistons were still playing, uh, had some words with Russell Westbrook after they beat the Thunder. Reggie Jackson was sort of skipping around the Palace Court. Throwing up his hands, getting the crowd well, into it's personal. it. And Russ Westbrook took a lot of offense to it. I believe Ibaka took offense to it as well. So did KD. 
A they, KD, they a guy who does not say a whole lot. Look, they didn't like Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson wanted to play more. Not only that, there was the issue with that reporter. Sure. Where, where, well, where Reg, West, Reg, Reggie Jackson wanted to be a starter. It wasn't going to happen but in no, OKC. But it wasn't just that. It wasn't just that. There, there was, was a lot issues of issues in the locker room. Yes. There was one issue in particular where Westbrook was being nasty to a reporter who was sitting in a chair, and he told him, don't you sit in that chair. That's not your chair. And Reggie Jackson, having some compassion, took his chair and wheeled it over to the reporter and gave him the chair, which Westbrook viewed as not being a a good teammate, blah, blah, blah. So there's a lot of bad blood between Durant and Westbrook and Reggie Jackson. So when he was asked the question about Detroit, Basically, kind of ripped on Detroit. Whatever. Who gives a shit? Nobody cared. He wasn't coming here anyway. Yeah, I don't think, hate to break it to yeah, you, folks. <laughs> I don't think Pistons fans even cared about this. Uh, yeah, I mean, but obviously, uh, Bob Wojnowski, the populist that he is, uh, he thinks he's the living embodiment, I guess, of the spirit of Detroit. And by the way, that jersey they put on the spirit of Detroit for you know when the Spartans are in the uh, Final Four or the Red Wings are in the Stanley Cup. The same fitting jersey that Wojo normally wears, so it's kind of a nice corollary. Mean. But Wojo wants everyone to love him. He wants to play this dumb card. You know, he's a very smart guy. His jokes are lowest common denominator garbage that gets, you know, 100 favorites, 72 retweets because people are imbeciles. Uh, He... He's always trying to defend the city of Detroit, and I think what happened was, in doing so, he tra- he thought that there was some comparable between Kevin Durant and Carmelo Anthony. Okay, I think that he saw a similarity there. Which, by the way, is a terrible comparison because before he came to New York, Carmelo Anthony did nothing but win. But continue. Okay, but Kevin Durant is an MVP of the league. Uh, he's gotten his team to the NBA Finals. Four-time scoring champ. Okay. It, it, I know you're not a big fan of Purr, but he's pretty much top three every year the last five or six years, which is an advanced metric to man, uh, monitor. Offensively, uh, offensive speaking, offensively speaking, he's almost untouchable. And, Other than Curry. And, and like LeBron I said, maybe. almost untouchable. Right. And and we saw it in the series when he wants to do his thing on defense, he can be a monster there, right. too. And it was easy to pick on Kevin Durant because Wojo probably figured, well, they're going to lose to the uh, San Antonio Spurs in the second round. And so he's bombing Durant. Well, then all of a sudden, Durant and his team beat the NBA model franchise in San Antonio. Which, which by the way, won like the eighth most games in NBA history right. this year. Yeah. 67 games. So I think at some point, Wojo, what he thought was his legitimate point about Durant not being a superstar and being a seriously flawed player, turned turned around, and he had to use, become a like a Skip Bayless, Drew Sharp troll because he was trying to mask the fact that he was so stupid and wrong, and he was embarrassed by it. So he changed his he changed the whole entire format of what his Twitter beef with Durant was. And now he just he was just trolling people, straight up trolling people. Now keep in mind, Kevin Durant beat the team that won the eighth most games in the NBA regular season. Something History, like that. I don't, don't somewhere around me on there, that, but right, yes. certainly top time. Okay, all time. Yeah, all time. And then took to Game Seven the team that won the most regular season games. The the best team in NBA yeah. history. 
Kevin Durant, who every single team in the NBA would be lining up if they could to acquire his services. Not unlike all of the managers from Bobby the Brain Heenan to Slick to Classy Freddie Blassie when Macho Man Randy Savage was a free agent and was looking for a manager and then picked his girlfriend, Miss Elizabeth. Which was a travesty, by the way. Right. She never even like filed no formal anything. No. It was ridiculous. Had no wrestling strategy yeah. And that was a travesty. If it, it, me, if it was me, I would have gone with uh, Mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart. That's what I think Randy Savage with his career would have been. The man been. did nothing but win. Yeah. Anyway. He was already sleeping with Miss Elizabeth. He didn't need to hire as a manager. It was just kind of redundant. But anyway, this is what we get in Detroit sports. We get a columnist who is so out of touch that he – maybe maybe he is in touch. Maybe bashing Kevin Durant, I believe, because he – this Detroit or Reggie Jackson, he thought he was going to gain popularity but, or love. I don't. Uh, well, but but I think you brought up a good point earlier, Jeff, when you say that yes, he makes these jokes that are below his level of knowledge, below his level of basic intelligence, between but below his level of humor, because Wojo is a funny guy. You can ask anyone in town. Wojo's a, a very funny guy, but like you said, these dumb tweets, lazy, these dumb, lazy. but these dumb tweets get a lot of of love from people in the city. So, is that what he wants? His, I mean, seriously, already his legacy in this town is going to be of wasted opportunity. Ah, uh, see, I, guy, dis- I, I disagree. No, with I'm, you I'm there, not talking. But- I'm, I'm talking about the man had the ability to write columns. That would have been meaningful. Calling for coaches' jobs. Uh, going after the Detroit Lions. He's never wanted to take any controversial position in his whole entire life. That's he's fair. always wanted to be, he's always wanted to take the path of least resistance. This is a man who has never been married, who's probably got enough money to live till he's 278 years old, never working another day of his life. He's never done anything remotely on the edge. It, it's just a, it's offensive to me. He's been mailing it in for a decade, and this Kevin Durant thing is the cherry on top of his shit Sunday that he's been serving this town for years. And because the Detroit News is such a garbage product, product they've never elevated John Neo to the number one columnist where he belongs. Instead of Bob Wojanowski, who probably watched seven or eight NBA games all year, and then playoff time, he becomes some sort of Zach Lowe. It, my it, my dude, Zach Lowe. It's embarrassing. It, it, he should be embarrassed. For, he's not. And it's it's just it's just garbage. And and it's been bothering me for a long time that he's just treated his career just. He's just wanted, you know, he was Steve Eiserman's personal biographer. He, you know, always taking Eiserman's side over Sergey Fedorov when any of those arguments, because it was so easy. It was so easy to do, because that's what the people wanted. And that he's always given the people exactly what they want. The, the dumb jokes, the non-controversial takes, he's just been, we could play the song from the uh, musical Wicked, skating through life or whatever it is, basically what he's done 
See, this is really where you need Spiro in the booth because yeah. he would know exactly which one you were talking about. Yeah. So uh, it, it, that I don't know if you've got anything else to say about Woj. Well, you know, just, I, I like it's something I, I want to get off my chest no, because no, I, I, I think people view him. You know, he I think he thinks that. I don't know. I just think he's become a complete buffoon and a parody of him. Well, I, I I disagree with you there. I think this is a terrible take. Frankly, it's there's I mean, no other. No, by oh. Wojo, uh, there's there's no way you can go out there and say that Kevin Durant isn't a superstar, that he isn't really, when it comes down to it, the best player on his team. I know people love Russ Westbrook, but Kevin Durant is the best player on that team. That's just a fact. And that team took the best team in NBA history to seven games. There, It's, it's an indefensible take. Again, right. I feel like we have to bring this up again and again. These are takes that simply we sh- there's no logical there's no logical way to defend them whatsoever. And while I believe that Wojo, like you said, is a talented guy, I think he is a talented guy. I think he is a very smart guy. I think he's somebody who in this market does have the potential to do more than what he's done. But at the same time, I'm not going to necessarily fault him for doing what made for doing what made him successful in this market and what makes people successful. Mike Valenti, say what you will about him, is an outlier. He is a complete outlier in this market. The people who are most successful in Detroit are those who more so go with the flow. The people who go with what the fans want, who don't go against the grain. It's a very provincial town. That's just how this town is. It's not like New York where people are constantly trying to be offended by the next thing they can find, where people are trying to find a different take, where people are trying to find controversy everywhere. This is Detroit. And and say what you will about his jokes, say what you will about his programming. Wojo has figured out the game, and he's a smart guy, and... I think even if you can criticize what he does now, I still say he does it better than most of the other guys in this market. He's almost as if his act has become more offensive to me than almost anyone's in town. And and I can understand because he knows better. And I want to say I want to give credit to uh, BCAV, Brian Kavanaugh. I just walked into the studio uh, for for uh, I want to thank him for culling all of the Tom Mazaway audio. It's yes, a thankless job having to listen to that morning show and spending you know an hour going through to find the nuggets of Maz of Mag- Mazaway's ignorance. But that's, we we really Kavanaugh need those interns, man. We need those. He's right interns. over there. Interns. Yeah, he's, yes. He's, yes, yes. The oldest intern in America, yeah. Bcav, yeah. right over there. Well, there was that movie. I'm a little younger than he is still. Oh, but De Niro. Yeah, yeah. You're just a tad younger than De Niro. Just a tad. But uh, that was a movie that never really happened in real life. So <laughs> thank you for clarifying, yeah. Jeff. So that's our sports talk for the night. We're gonna try to get my is my wife. Are you trying to get my wife on the line here? Uh, She's got I'm a beef. Call her now. What's your beef Tuesday? Let's see if she answers. Jasper probably has no idea what that means. No, he was. About What's your beef Tuesday? I'm I'm lost. Before my time, and that's why you should have been talking about Wojo. Oh well. Oh wait, yeah, you just brought that up. Woof. Right over my head. I answer her phone because she doesn't. Hello. Yeah, this is your husband. <laughs> Hi. Hey, you're on the air. Hi, Mrs. Moss. That's just. Oh my God! Don't make me feel that old. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was respectful. She, she, I don't know your oh, first name either. Melissa. <laughs> Melissa. Melissa missed. Yeah. All right. So yesterday we're driving home from Virginia, 
And not only did Melissa find that story, which led to the topic of Rob Parker's stale hot dogs. This is the Melissa Moss podcast. Yeah. She had a uh, beef with a member of the uh, DSR, someone in, in the... Uh, former Yeah, member. former. So you want to say what your beef is, uh, Melissa Moss? Well, I just, we were driving home and, and um, you know, talking about random things and... You know, I, we, and I was reflecting on our weekend. We just went to go visit our new niece. And I was thinking, oh, I haven't seen any new pictures of Spiro's little girl. And he Evelyn. usually posts Evelyn, pictures Evelyn like, pretty often. And I was like, oh, that's really strange. I haven't seen any new pictures. And then, you know, and then I was asking Jeff again, what happened between the two of you? I still don't really understand that. So then when I went to go look at Spiro's page um, to see if he had posted any new pictures of his his baby recently, I I looked at it and it looked like maybe he befriended me. And I said to Jeff, would he have done that? Why would he have done that? He was the one who asked me to be friends with him probably around the time that the two of you started doing the show together. Right. So he and, asked you to be he asked you to be Facebook friends with him. And then, right. unbeknownst to you, you were cut off from Evelyn Spiro photographs. Because yeah, I had, what, I had what did you do to Spiro? You. What did you do to I Spiro, think, Melissa? I have no idea. That's what that's what I would like to know. The collateral damage from this fallout, <laughs> from the no. fallout of your relationship, <laughs> like, has been catastrophic, Jeff. Yeah, this is like the worst man divorce ever. Why? I haven't done anything. I didn't unfriend him. He blocks me on Twitter. He deletes our friendship on Facebook. And then, poor Melissa missed. An innocent bystander in all of this. And he likes Melissa and knows that she's a much better person than me. Why did he unfriend her? She's just a young woman trying to find some cute baby pics. (laughs) That's all she wanted. If this is the worst thing that that happens to her from being married to you, though, that's not that bad. (laughs) There's no chance that this is the worst thing that's happened to Melissa because of being married to Jeff. I'm sure. Let's be frank. It wasn't the worst thing on the drive, I'm sure. I I think being married to Jeff is the worst thing that happened to (laughs) Melissa Moss. About being so, married to Jeff. So do you have? I'm, we, we know Spiro's listening because he's ripping on the program. No, you, that's not true. Do you he have said any, very nice things earlier? Do you have any any comments for Spiro? Uh, do you want to say anything to him now that you know he, you've got his attention? No, I think I've already said everything that I wanted to say. I just I don't know what happened, and I I don't know what I did. Call him a pussy. <laughs> no, don't. don't. Don't listen to him. Don't, don't say shut the fuck up. If, if, whatever you do, do not tell him to shut the fuck up or yep. call him a petulant child. Do not do that. That's that's the wrong. Well, I hope he gets over it soon, whatever it is. Well, maybe maybe this uh, phone call will lead to him. I hope this, this ends up in a reconciliation. I would love to have a three-man yeah, booth. So you, sad. me, and Justin. You know why? I don't care about because, that. No, but why no, my poor wife can't see pictures of Evelyn? Wow, that's true. She's like the cutest baby. So, I mean, because who wouldn't want to see pictures? But I think that was just, you know, you're her husband, so, so uh, you Jessica, could potentially well, we spy. Wife, well, my, well, my, my wife on the line, any questions for her? Yeah, how come you don't ever come in here? <laughs> I'm like the only chick all the time. <laughs> Maybe one day soon I will. Oh, good. <laughs> I'd like to meet the woman that can put up with this guy, so... 
Yeah, it's not easy. <laughs> I imagine it wouldn't be. <laughs> what a dagger. I, I wonder any, how, how Melissa could ever say something like that. Any, I would think it'd questions? be so easy to Any other questions <laughs> for Melissa Mist? Anyone? Anyone? No? I'm, I'm good. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Oh, well, well, actually, uh, Melissa, uh, what's yeah. your favorite Birmingham Italian restaurant? Bella Piatti, duh. Oh, that's a great answer, <laughs> Melissa. Wow. All right. Okay, have a good everyone. All right. You too. Thanks a lot. Bye. Uh, maybe Spiro will refriend you. We can only hope. Thoughts and prayers. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we will discuss. <laughs> what? He just posted on Twitter. I have refriended Melissa. Oh, okay. Aww, oh, yay. see, look at that. The DSR podcast making connections happen <laughs> on a personal level every single day. Whether it's Melissa Moss being refriended by Justin Spiro, or whether it's Bob Wojanowski getting ripped in half for making a Kevin Durant take, we're just bringing the whole family together. It's beautiful. And uh, speaking of the DSR family, when we come back from this break, we are going to finish up the show talking with Miranda McCoy, who was the subject of the David Harnes article that uh, Drew Sharp uh, ended up stealing. And... She's probably about three or four glasses of wine in. I was going to say, you are, this pl- point. you are plugging this next appearance completely the wrong way from how it's going to turn out. So, Like I said, it doesn't matter. People oh, okay. are listening. Either people are either going to listen or they're not going to listen. <laughs> it's got nothing to do with that. And my wife might still be on the line, so we got to be careful. Oh, so yeah. We'll be back after this break. <laughs> this is a previously recorded episode. All right, we're back on the DSR podcast. We are joined by Jasper Apollonia, guest hosting, BCAV, the DSR's uh, media producer and assistant. I'm not planning on, by the editor. way, I'm, I'm not planning on leaving anytime soon. You better make that a co-host Listen, gig sometime soon. You're, no, yeah, well, I always say co-host and guest host. You're the co- I don't There's want, a difference. Yeah, you're the co-host. Thank you. And if Spiro ever comes back, it'll be a three-man booth. Absolutely. Yay! Damn right it will. So hopefully one day Spiro will return. Which I would love. I would love Justin made, to be in here. In the last segment, we've made strides to that. He refriended my wife on Facebook. <laughs> it's uh, a start. The healing, the healing process yeah. has begun. <laughs> exactly. Baby steps. And uh, that's Jessica producing the show. So our next guest is someone who came into uh, the DSR our DSR Collective Lives back, I'd say, in December. Uh, David Harnes, who writes for iSports Web up in uh, Lansing, it's basically a Michigan State University sports blog, wrote an article about our guest, Miranda McCoy, and her unlikely friendship with MSU quarterback, Connor Cook. And there's a lot of reasons we want to have Miranda on. Uh, One, the uh, Drew Sharp scandal, because the story that David wrote about Miranda ended up becoming the article that Drew Sharp eventually basically ripped off, uh, plagiarized, didn't properly give not, credit. Not, not basically. Well, he did. Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> um, it got him suspended, and it's become a cause to celeb of the DSR ever since. Made national news. Yeah, made national news. Uh, no apology ever uh, forthcoming from the Detroit Free Press. Put it into Sharp. his Twitter account, though. It did put it. Yeah, well, his Twitter account wasn't that active before that. But so let me give you just quick before we talk to Miranda a little background. Uh, Miranda, the reason that the article was written in the first place is uh, because of the friendship between Miranda and Connor Cook. And Miranda, back in two thousand and seven, actually 
weirdly enough, 13 days after my grandfather's passing, was in a car accident, a uh, single car accident, going to see her boyfriend uh, play a sporting event. And I'll just quote the article from Harnes, but unlike Drew Sharp, I'll give actual credit here. This is David Harnes' writing. I want everyone to be clear what I'm going to quote right now in this paragraph. David Harnes wrote this. Quote, McCoy ended up breaking her neck and compressing her spinal cord. She blew out her C5 and C7 vertebrae and has a fusion from C3, C7. She went from being active 24-7 to not being able to move at all. Life as she knew it ceased to exist. So uh, the art, that was the article that was written about the friendship. And, we're, and the reason, like I said, I, the reason we wanted Miranda on was to talk about a lot of different things. But uh, welcome to the DSR podcast, finally, Miranda. Uh, hopefully you've had uh, copious amounts of wine to prepare yourself for this. No, Jeff, I told you, I'd only have like one or two glasses, so that's it. <laughs> only okay. one or two. That's fine. You're more sober than I am. A, norm- so. a normal evening <laughs> in, in the McCoy household. Uh, we, I, talk, I said the other night that this might end up being an intervention if, if you didn't calm be. down. I don't think it's going to be Miranda's intervention. I think it might be mine, but yeah. <laughs> you well, yeah. might not be wrong. Are, are you sure you didn't hide the, the van in the garage and you just wanted to get wasted during the podcast and it really was never a car accident? No and guarantees just, either way. I just picked but your ass up because... No, no guarantees okay. either way, but this is about Miranda. This is oh, about sorry. me for once. Everything <laughs> is always about you, Jasper. Uh, so, well, welcome to the show, Miranda. The first thing I wanted to uh, discuss um, was your reaction when you found out that Drew Sharp had basically stole the article that David wrote after David spent many hours uh, talking to you, getting information from Connor. What was your initial reaction when you found out and how did you find out about Drew Sharp's plagiarism? Well, I want to say it was um, Joe Rexrode, I believe. He had just like tweeted like, oh, hey, great job, Drew, you know, and tagged him on this article, like blah, blah, blah. So like, of course, I looked at it because I caught on there. So I was like, oh. You know, I don't know who this is, like, whatever. So I got to reading, and I'm like, um, what in the hell? Like, almost verbatim, like, what David, you know, what David put in his article, like, all of our conversations. And, um, like, one thing, though, that I'm like, okay, this is for sure plagiarized. Drew put, um, she severed her vertebrae, which I'm pretty freaking sure like, you can't do. Like, it's either your spinal cord or not. Like, I've been in this situation for, like, eight and a half years, and I've never heard of that happening. I, so, um, I, like, I waited. I'm like, well, maybe not. Like, no, sorry, to, Dave, Miranda. Dave had talked. What? Miranda, sorry to interrupt, but isn't a vertebrae a bone? Yeah. So How could like, you sever a bone? <laughs> I know, right? And I'm like, I didn't, okay. So, I'm like, well, I won't see anything. You know, maybe he talked to Dave, but I don't know. A few things. He might have just, you know, put it incorrectly. Okay. So then it was the following day, and David texts me, and he's like, did you talk to this guy? And I'm like, no, not at all. I'm like, did you? And he's like, no, absolutely not. Like, he goes, so, I mean, he obviously plagiarized. I'm like, uh, yeah, I would say so. So, um, yeah, I mean, we just kind of went from there, and then he just had got me in contact with Justin, um, it was either Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, I believe we had talked, and uh, he interviewed me, which is, like, really easy to do. All he had to do was call or get a hold of me, and, you know, it's pretty simple. So he's just too sharp. I don't know. 
nothing yeah, good so, to say about this. So what guy. happened was the DSR through Spiro found out about the plagiarism of Drew Sharp of you know from of David Harnes, and I think it took about five minutes for Spiro to find to find you and give you a call, and then you talked to Spiro about it, and then Spiro wrote the article, uh, which ended up like I said going national, picked up by many websites, and. Obviously, so you never talked to Drew Sharp before this, and then you never talked to him after, obviously. No, not a word. Okay. Like, not at all. Okay. And you were pretty much, I, I say you you were as angry as anyone about this, I think, based on, you know, on Twitter. Um, you were pretty outspoken. You were angrier than David, who whose work was completely ripped off, I would say. A pretty fair assessment. I mean, yeah, true, but in all honesty, like, Dave really is probably one of the kindest guys I think I've ever, like, crossed paths with. And in, in all honesty, like, when it came down to it, um, and, like, for the record, Jeff, I was actually kind of horrified of you for a while. You can ask Brian <laughs> that kind of question. What woman isn't? <laughs> I was so scared. I was like, oh, my God, like, what if he said something to me? Like, I, I really was. But, um... But no, so I, of course, it's around Christmas time. And then, like, you guys are saying about getting them fired, and I'm like, I just didn't want it to be on my account. And I think, like, when I had talked to, to Dave about it, like, you know, I had made that clear. So I do feel like I could be to blame on that as well. Like, I didn't, I, I regret not pursuing it, like, right after. Probably, like, both of us should have. I do. So, I mean, I apologize for that, for well, sure. You don't have to apologize for anything. No, you don't have to apologize you were the for anything, Miranda. Uh, my, my question actually relates to that. What was your, not even just your initial reaction, but your second reaction to seeing this article that was almost verbatim ripped off from David Harnes's, um, from a guy who you never spoke to and who never offered an apology, who never tried to talk to you afterwards, what was your reaction? How were you feeling uh, when you saw this and then afterwards when you really had a chance to sit down and think about it? Yeah, I mean, like, honestly, like, I, I just, I was, the more, like, I just thought about it, like, the more furious that, like, I became. And I'm just, like, I was just trying to be, like, really, like, level-headed about it. And then, like, you know, just being, like, like, Jeff, like, your work on it and then just stuff like Justin has said and, like, but so many others, like several others, that like that this guy is just completely like lazy. This isn't the first time, like you know, and he straight up lied. You know, was it? It was Kevin Bull, right? Or no? Is that wrong? He lied to yeah, Kevin Bull, who was the sports editor. Okay. He lied to him about yeah. talking to Connor, yeah. right? And like straight lied to him about it. Like I just was like, who is this man? Like he's just so terrible. So I, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was infuriating. All right. Well, there's a lot of subjects we got to touch. So that was the first one. I also really wanted to have you on to discuss Connor Cook and how the Cook family treated you because I think it's only uh, appropriate. right appropriate to give you equal time because you know I had written my piece, uh, really nothing about Connor but about Connor's dad, and I, I just think that I should give you some time to talk about. Connor Cook and what he meant to you and how Chris Cook and Connor's uh, mom and sister treated you when you were at the Ohio State game. And I was just wondering if you had any contacts, you know, recently with them and just just give you a few moments to share uh, your thoughts on the Cook family. Um, yeah, actually, Mr. Cook and I talked uh, 
after that article kind of went national there. Um, like, Jeff, honestly, I do adore you, so always remember that. But I was just like, I was actually a few glasses into some Moscato, and I'm like just sitting here looking at my phone, and I see this, and I'm like, oh, shit. Like, I've seen, like I saw Mr. Cook's tweets in the past, but his Twitter was private. So I'm just like, wait, how are they seeing this? And I just, I go in, and it wasn't anymore. And I just... <laughs> It was pretty awful, but um, well, let me. You know, well, I wasn't going to go down that path. But a real quick question: When you saw some of those tweets attacking Rachel Maddow, and they, I mean, were you offended when you saw them? When you thought they were private? I mean, like it really takes a lot to offend me, but I mean, yeah, they, were, they were like they, they were like horrific. Like, how can you not see that? But like that's like they never treated me like that, though. You know, like, and that's they, why they I wanted not- you. Have, I wanted you to be able to tell your story about Connor yeah. and, and the family. Yeah. yeah, so no, and actually when um, the Raiders, they play the Titans, I think it's like September 25th, um, I talked with Mr. Cook, so we're going to meet up down there for a few drinks and stuff, hang out for a little bit. But no, I mean, honestly, guys, like they really are such great people. They've been nothing but incredible to me. And I mean, like, I don't know if you've read James' one article, and I didn't know this, and I did actually look kind of awful, but each player, I think they only were able to get like six tickets like a piece and you know they gave us three it's a senior year potentially last game you know one of his biggest games and like that's what they did for me you know so i just have to always like i do keep that in mind and i'm like forever forever grateful for that now miranda that this is a little bit of a different question but connor went in the fourth round ultimately he was a guy who came into this year with a first uh, some people had him even going in the top 10. Uh, he had a very high valuation going into this year. Even going into the draft had a very high valuation. A first, second round grade ended up slipping to the fourth. And after that happened, a lot of stuff came out. Uh, Jeff's article is one of them uh, on his father. But also some other things relating to Connor's off-the-field uh, activities or at least his perceived activities. How did that affect you seeing all this stuff about a guy that you clearly uh, respect uh, about a family that you clearly have a lot of feelings for? How did that affect you? I mean, probably worse than the whole thing with Drew Sharp for real. Uh, I like, okay. And like my thing though, like what do you fucking want from this kid? Like if he's going in do you want him to be, like, timid and backwards? Like, no, like, he's assertive, and I don't want to say, like, cocky, but, like, okay, like, I would want to know that this is a quarterback that's, like, going to potentially get the job done, like, at some point or another, you know? Like, I don't, I, like, I was just so, like, incredibly frustrated over this. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, I was hot about it. I really was. But um, I, think, I think the thing to take away from you know, it is It is that... what it is, and I just, I just, I texted him, and I said, I'm like, dude, just make people eat their words. I don't know what else to tell you. So... Yeah, and the bottom line basically is the Connor Cook family has treated you very well. They gave half of their tickets to the biggest game of the year, pretty much the Ohio State game, to your family so you could meet Connor. And um, I, I think that should be out there so there's just not a one-sided view based on tweets. Obviously, God forbid we give context. You like me, so <laughs> obviously, you know, there's you, you, you like a lot of flawed people. But. <laughs> Um, no, stop, no. So what did 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 uh, 
by the way, one last question about this. Did Chris Cook tell you not to stop talking to me? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. uh, no. We never touched on that. Oh, no, you never I, talked I, about the uh, scandal? You talked to him, but not about the scandal. No, no, we did, but, like, I, like I'm not, like, specifically saying you. Oh. Like, he, I mean, no, I don't. I don't know. Jeff, listen, I think that after everything with Dave and then with Mr. Cook, if I've ever... If I'm all ever just like you, it's probably never going to happen after that. So. Oh, oh, you'd be Thank surprised. You We're friends. <laughs> I, I, I might tell you one day to shut the fuck up, never and that'll be the end never. of it. Yeah, never say never with me. But uh, oh, I want to know. No, no, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay, I want to know. Even. I, I want an update on. Okay, so the article basically said you went from being active 24 seven to not being able to move at all. Now, and we lost her. Oh, okay. I think you did. Hello. We nope. call it. We, you were there, Miranda. Mm-mm. Oh, Miranda. Oh, it don't even and either. Hmm? Yeah. Uh, we'll get her back. We'll get her back. Okay. I'll take a second. Well, that's that's. I, I do find it interesting. I I do like that she texted Connor Cook right after he was drafted in the fourth. Right after all those things came out about him, and just said, "Make them go out there and eat their words." You know, personally for me. I tend to believe the oh. more negative things about And you're back. Oh, there we go. Oh, she's Great. back? Thank God I, I don't have to click time I was anymore. like, dang, Jeff made that. you mad and you hung up. Okay. There's, there's a guy who <laughs> no, worked. No, not at all. No, 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 I did not. There's a guy who <laughs> worked. There's a man, Miranda. Listen, I with Jessica on this. This is like the worst man divorce ever. Isn't like, it terrible? I feel like I'm like forever affected by it. M- I Miranda. know. It's damaging. Miranda, Seriously. there's a guy who works at the station named Theo Spite, and this happens every <laughs> oh, week. And he just hung up on you. you. Know, but okay, I want to get into this. Because Miranda, all I'm going to say is I am replacing Justin as of right now. I'm not as tall as he is, but I'm younger, so... We're gonna you know, get I mean, in. Hey, right, we got to get into. The, we got a couple more questions. We got to get to because we only have six minutes left, and I got to get to these two things. I, you spend the winter in Florida. I see the videos of you. Uh, the you know the article said she went from being active twenty four seven and not being able to move at all. Uh, I've seen you do your exercises down in Florida and your regimen. I'm pretty sure you can kick my ass. Uh, where where are you at now <laughs> with um, with uh, your rehab- rehabilitation or I don't even know what to call it, but where, where would you say you are from now, now from seven, eight years ago? I mean, definitely, like, farther ahead, but not where I would obviously want to be. It's just, like, unfortunately, it's baby steps, especially with my level. I'm C3. I'm, like, two away from the highest. So, I mean, it it can be unlikely that I would get stuff back, but, like, I mean, I still have to try to work my ass off with it. Um, I definitely focus on... Um, my upper body stuff more because I would obviously want to get my arms back before anything else. Um, so like within the last year, I worked with a new trainer, like who's by the way, like he's amazing. So um, definitely thankful for him, but um, he's definitely we're we're getting it. So um, I've given a bit more back on my left arm. Um, so just hopeful, I guess. Right now, okay. Now this is what everyone wants to talk about because men are <laughs> pigs, as we've learned. Uh, on this show from the moment it started. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. I don't even know what you're going to say, okay. but the way you're setting it up okay. just sounds bad. <laughs> Miranda, Miranda's Twitter account could oh could also be viewed as soft porn. It's definitely NC. I need a Twitter yeah, so I can add you. Oh, yeah, you need Twitter <laughs> so you can see the erotic. Yes, I mean, there's, there's, it's, it's very erotic. Um, there are images of men... Uh, putting their hands in dirty places, 
uh, a lot of lingerie pick. What is the genesis of your account? Which I, I, I'm still following you on Twitter. I've only unfollowed one person because of not safe for work. That was Ronnie Mund, Howard Stern, <laughs> limo driver. I had to unfollow him because sometimes my Twitter feed is up and clients walk by it. You're mm-hmm. kind of getting on the borderline, Miranda. I, where, what is the backstory of all of the erotic imagery on your Twitter account? Well, I mean, like, it's... Like, I've said before, guys are really awful in this situation. Like, it's... it's I'm pretty clear at what I want, you know? Obviously. But and what is that? <laughs> no, wait, wait. There's no well, need to on, feel embarrassed on. about this. She's really. not. You know, I, we, we, we talked about this in the pre-interview. I don't want her to feel She shouldn't. It. You guys yeah. put this shit up all the time and nobody says anything besides she, laughs. No, that's so what what's I'm saying. the difference? Well, Jeff is out here giggling. Well, I'm like, not there's nothing giggling. to giggle about. like a little I'm girl. giggling. <laughs> You're a school I just girl. asked a question. What, what, what is it that she wants? That's all I'm asking. No, forget that question. We'll get to that in a second. So you post these tweets... And uh, you've told me that you get some unsolicited inbox uh, messages from from men, um, and then yeah. you kind of talk to them, maybe a little suggestively for a little while, and then you drop the bomb that about the accident. Is that accurate? Oh, it was so accurate. I love it. Like their reactions <laughs> just absolutely kill me. And like this isn't like a catfish like type of situation at all. So don't ever think that. No, not like, at all. This is nothing no, like you're a just catfish. like messing with them right. because it's just so easy. Am I right in that or no? It is. Oh my god, Jessica! Like it, <laughs> it is. Like guys are so predictable. It just absolutely kills me. Like after okay. all this, especially lately, because I knew we were going to talk about this stuff here, kind of on the show. Um, I just did it a bit more. And just the inboxes that we're getting, like I, like I was getting, I, I died. And like I just sent basic messages to like this, like the same stuff to this, you know, these different guys, and they're just like eating my words. And then they just say like, oh, well, you do know, like I'm paralyzed. And they're just like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. So, so they, so you, so you post these pictures of the lingerie of the hands across the breasts and the vagina area and then they text you and there's the some conversation area. there's some sexting going on maybe <laughs> and the then you drop the, the bomb yes. that you're paralyzed Way to keep and it what is cold. what is like the usual response at that point is it like can you still fuck or what, what is it <laughs> really, like in, in the most like frightening way like if you get the chance to look this up they're called devotees and they're like obsessed with someone that's in a chair and nine times out of ten is a, a guy and um, it's a, kind of like a rape situation it's like it's really scary so wow. I, like really sounds like Tom Mazaway's Miranda you're not going you're not going to anyone's house at 2 a.m. 2 a.m. in the morning uh, <laughs> drunk, drunk on right? wine right yeah. you're not getting yourself into that situation you're not playing mm-hmm. tiddlywinks just make sure you know all that <laughs> no stuff it, it, it's just crazy though but I mean like I said like I did really awful with this like you're not going to hurt me like <laughs> If you have sex, if you have sex, it's not going to hurt you. That's what you're. That's the message for tonight, right? Did you just ask if I have sex? It's not going to hurt you when you have sex. No, no, not at all. No, right. it's like the DSR getting the hard hitting answers well, you, from well, the hard hitting right, questions. Exactly. Which, yeah, it's sorry, <laughs> bad phrasing. This is not something. No, this is not something that, that you're uncomfortable talking about, right? Not going to hear this on ninety-seven-one. No, no, not sir. at all. <laughs> right. I mean, you want to be treated like a normal sexual object, like you are. 
Yes. Yes. You got it, Jeff. Yeah. What? Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's. I think that's that's. Wow. That's what we want to get out there, right? You Miranda? heard it here first, folks. Right, right, Jeff Miranda? Moss thinks women are sexual objects. No, no. That's all no, we've got for tonight. No, we'll see no, you no, next no, week. No, well, actually, we're out of time. So. No, that, that's what Miranda <laughs> wanted to get out, not Jeff me. Jeff Moss believes <laughs> women are sexual objects. Good night. Tomorrow everyone. on Awful Announcing. Thanks, Miranda, for joining us. I hope you, I hope you come away from this unscathed and you had a good time. No, I had a good time. Thank all you right. guys for having me on. All okay? right. All right, thanks a lot, Mike. Have a good night. We'll talk to you in the future. Hey, you too, Jessica. I'm following you on Twitter now. All right. <laughs> thanks, okay. thanks All right. Jessica. Jasper, B-Cab. we got to get out of here before the undercard guys body slam us. And <laughs> B-Cab is going to have to defend us all because the two of us are just complete pussies. I, I, yes. I got you, guys. All right. Good night, everyone. This is a previously recorded episode of